0: Some mayor. your, um, besides being another co-founder of, of the People Dispensary in Fresno, I'm a community activist and community organizer out here in Fresno. Originally from Peru, but raised down in Brooklyn, New York.
1: Uh, you got the heavy action there. There we go. There we go. Uh.
2: <laughs> good evening. Good evening. Uh, I'm yeah. the second half of uh, the People's Dispensary Fresno. Uh, the People's Dispensary. Good day. Um, Ethiopian kid out of Fresno, California, by way of Ethiopia. Uh, I've got a bunch of different roles, and we can get into that at some point. But I'm I'm here, and I'm excited.
1: Okay, okay. Ethiopia. You know, I just I just finished eating some uh, some good Ethiopian food right now. I had the I had the goat meat and the lentils. Boy, I was man. I was tearing that up.
0: <laughs> you know, I get
1: that.
2: I feel it, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I was tearing that thing up. So, um, okay. Um, as we before we get into the questions, um, why don't we just get a little into who is TPD? What does it stand for? Give us the the, the history,
0: the quick uh, summary of, about us. I would like to, uh, Christine. You want to you want to start that off, and then we'll go. How we start? No, y'all
3: are the heart of Fresno TPD. I think. You need so. Because uh, so, y'all came to me, right? I mean, y'all y'all were really. Amazing. So I I would like it to hear them from you.
0: Thanks. So look, my understanding of of who we are, um, we're part of the people dispensary overall international. Uh, We are the co-founders of Fresno, to be clear. Um, And the way that we we came to be was from a perspective of understanding that for many generations, we have seen uh, specifically the African-American community be left out economically from having economic mobility from having uh, economic development. And we've been on this nonprofit industrial complex ever since that continue to to, um, set limitations on how much we can progress um, as a community, as a collective. Um, And so we represent um, a very um, perspective that is needed, that is not seen enough on regards of being uh, more um, in a position of, of understanding and knowing who we are as a people, historically. Um, I come from an understanding of the African diaspora and the Aboriginal indigenous peoples of these lands are darker than me. Okay. And so with that being said, um, I understand the trajectory where we are now um, throughout the, the diaspora that we live in, still under this uh, petrilineal and um, matrilineal approach that we used to be way before, that we have forgotten. Uh, And so it's with my understanding that we represent uh, a very grassroots, a very um, cultural, a very um, holistic approach, uh, but also very um, militant in the sense where we know um, our rights, we know uh, what a policy is and how um, the funding of this taxation and also from the industry, how it impacts our community. So we're putting ourselves as a a mark, a statement, a movement, a approach to how social equity really benefits community from the grassroots perspective that we almost never get to see. Meaning those families who are generational known in our neighborhoods. And I think Fresno is very unique in a sense where we don't have a hierarchy key in the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's different out here. So the, the, um, the, 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 The the elders is is missing um, and it's just more of community that been living there for years and you built on on the strength. And also um, with with the knowledge of understanding how uh, funding streams have been navigating our communities for a long time. So here at Fresno, we we represent uh, a voice that's been missing um, and and I think we are a a really good uh, combination because Fresno, you know what I mean? It is a a very uh, migrant community. Um, I think from the early 1900s to the 1930s and 40s where, where, where people started moving in, into the city. So um, the roots out here, you know what I mean, it's, 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 it's mixed. Um, and so uh, we, are, we, we feel very comfortable because we are organizing the community, Southwest, Southeast Fresno, um, where the hood is at out here. So uh, it's on that strength that, that, that we are uh, representing the people's dispensary uh, Fresno. With, uh, with, uh, with the backing and, and the heart that we are aligned with uh, the, the National the People Dispensary. So that's how we, 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 we linked up and we've just been rocking pushing policy, um, making sure that, you know, we are in the in representation of, of our communities and we don't just talk from a perspective of, of philanthropy, uh, but we're actually in the community. You know what I mean? So it's deeper than just the understanding of how this, this money work is actually seeing how motherfuckers be keeping the money from, from where we really need to go.
1: So, so we on that. Well said, (laughs) well said, well said. That's real, real gutter B. (laughs) Real gutter. (laughs) Brooklyn, South Bushwick, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, hey, look, you got the bridge (laughs) behind you and everything. Look, I see you. All right. I love (laughs) you. Okay, man, that was great. That was really great to, to understand. So it's really, you know, of the people, man, especially what you guys are doing in Fresno, you feel like it really represents, you know, the mission of uh, TPD, it sounds like. I mean, from what I know, you know, I've spoken to you guys before, um, but, you know, to really put it t- together. Um, and that's beautiful, right? It's not coming from a big corporate sponsor. or Somebody has this money and they don't really care about the community. They're not concerned with the community. So um,
3: I think what we do, too, I mean, just to riff off what Cesaro is saying, is that it's more. it's more than just, like, having a cannabis company or being part of a cannabis industry this is actually an industry that belongs to black and brown people we were the industry for the last 80 years and it's only in the last maybe 20 years when medical came online for California that you saw a lot of these white corporates come in and then now with 64 you see even more Um, and I think it's important to note that Seven out of eight people are still buying in the informal market. And the reason that they're doing that is because there's nobody that looks like them that own the dispensaries, the cultivations, the manufacturing, the extractions, and they're not going to move into a legalized market if they don't have representation. Why would they go to a dispensary with the very people that put them in prison? Hmm. The people that are owning those dispensaries look like the people that are incarcerating us. Hmm. So we have to be really, really thoughtful when we're looking at a cannabis industry about how we don't ask for a seat at the table, it's our table. They're trying to steal the table. So what are we gonna do to make sure that we still have the table when this is over? And part of that is to make sure that we put a lot of pressure on legislators and city council people to give us what is fair. Because in the history of black wealth and brown wealth, they've always taken our industries. So if you think about Harlem in the 20s when we ran, you know, when the African-American communities were running the numbers, right? Very smart, very wealthy. And then Albany, the legislators came in and said, this is now gonna be legalized. We're gonna make it into a lottery. And all of you folks that were building your wealth in black communities, we're gonna take that away and give it back to the white folks. And so we see that happen in alcohol. We see that happen in any one of these things. Um, And that's what's happening right now. They're regulating us out of the market. And what they do is they do two things with that. The first thing that they do with that is that things that were wealth builders for our families no Mm -hmm. longer become wealth builders. And they find another way in which to incarcerate us because we're not legal. So we could be incarcerated when we weren't legal, right? There was a ton of incarceration on dime bags, right? That for years and years, three strikes are out and all that stuff. And now we're gonna be legal, but because they put so many barriers to entry into the industry, then we're still illegal. <laughs> and so we still have the opportunity to go into prison. Um, and I know y'all know this, but we're essential workers, but there's a ton of our essential workers sitting in prisons right now. That's and that's yeah. why I think APD is so important because there's not a lot of people in the legalized market that talk about it this way.
1: That's mm-hmm. true, that's, 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 that's a hit for sure. Um so when you talk about, I'm gonna skip to a, kind of one of our questions. So so give me an example of some barriers to in- entry, right that people and how about, as a matter of fact, a good question. What are some of the barriers to entry that people don't know of? right? So everybody thinks, oh yeah, I need to get the permit or just there may be something that you've been through it. And give me um you know i know there's different industries so you know let's clarify a barrier to entry in the industry that you guys are in or you know sure. the category of cannabis
3: i think the barrier to entry is the real estate many of these um cities including fresno are going to require that people who are applying for licensing are holding real estate right okay. What yeah. that happens is that you have black and brown people that don't have a lot of money, but that qualify either under formerly incarcerated, or they live in certain zip codes, or they qualify in some kind of way for as a social equity applicant. But in order to even apply, which can cost anywhere between twenty-five and 35000 just for the application, not for the permit, just to apply to get that, it can be upwards of that, right? And you require them to have real estate, then you you require them to to make a deal with the devil because they're gonna need to find real estate and have a funder, an investor, or in most cases, a debt vehicle, which we'll talk about later, in which to hold that real estate for multiple months. And so they have to sign away a lot of their ownership in order to get that funding because it's required to be that real estate piece. Mm. And so if you don't get it, now you've wasted all the money that you've had and you're in worse debt than you were in the beginning. So I think that's the biggest barrier to entry for communities that don't have a lot of money to start with, to be burdened with that, meaning that they have to go and find the funder that's going to give them, they're going to give, give them a base a pay, a payday deal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ew. Yeah. And, and, and that, that, that is a good point. So I, I I'm familiar with commercial real estate. I worked in commercial real estate and I know our company um, wouldn't, you know, Conduct transactions for you know cannabis related uh, business, right? And so that that corners you. And you talk about real estate and barrier in a very issue that you may not know about. And I read an article um, maybe a year ago talking about like how West Hollywood out there the first kind of retail storefront, but just the amount of cash you need to put up front. You know some of the leases and the down the upfront payments. Are basically the equivalent of you know the entire life of that that lease, right? Um, mm-hmm. As a deposit, on top of which you pay. You know, I've read those articles. There's three times as much as normal uh, lease price. You know, price per square foot they're charging. Um, so that's a lot of capital, right? That's real estate. Not a, even if you have the capital that you have to jump over an extra mountain to to, to acquire, right? If, yes, totally. So, uh, I think that was a great one. They have- um, mm-hmm
4: they have pre-approved like spots here in San Diego that you can get into, but the prices for those are crazy too. Is, they have some kind of, um, you know, structure set up for obviously it's not for anybody to just walk up in there and get a spot, but they're making a way slowly, but surely, but the, everything is definitely taxed too high for it though.
3: Yeah. And yeah. so if you were to get that, one of those places, Hey, okay, um, and you had a backer, you had somebody who was an investor, the deal that you'd probably get, and we see this a lot in Los Angeles, is that they're going to be like, okay, we're going to give you a debt vehicle, basically a loan, and we're going to give you $2 million. And here's how you pay us back. When the dispensary is up and running or the manufacturing is up and running, you're going to pay me 13% on that $2 million until you pay that 2000000 You're going to pay back mm. the 2 million plus 13%. And you're going to pay me 15% every quarter of your gross receipts, not your net receipts, your gross receipts. So that's before you take out any of your costs. And in some cases for cultivators, they're also requiring an $800 payment per pound that you sell.
4: Wow. wow.
3: And that's some of the deals that are happening right now in Los Angeles for people of color.
4: Yeah. Because
3: you have to have, a social equity applicant to get a license, but that doesn't mean that you have to make sure that they get any, they can own 51%, which is the requirement. I don't know if that's the same in San Diego, okay, but you can own 51%, but if your debt is so big that you will never, ever realize 51% because they've taken it all over the last 10 years, you'll be exhausted. Yeah. And so these are, these are barriers to entry. I mean, these are the barriers to entry to make sure you don't get into one of those paid payday deals that they're offering black and brown people.
1: Hmm. That's that's some good insight. I appreciate that too.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that was very good insight. That was I very good insight.
0: I want to add one thing on regards of the barriers that I think we 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 tend to continue to make mistakes, which is ourselves. Um we we tend to not be able to come to an agreement on how this impacts our community. On regards of how do we hold accountable uh those organizations, for example, like uh um the capital access or other type of foundations that give out loans for small entrepreneurships, um, how is it that still we continue to allow for for a a minimal percentage of our community to dictate to everybody else, it's gonna be cool, it's gonna be cool, I'm gonna help y'all out. Let me get in position, I'm gonna help y'all out. We continue to have this. I think one of the barriers is that we have allowed for this nonprofit approach those who are in, in 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 relationships with uh city council members to continue to dictate what are the immediate needs in our communities and how we approach um organizing um our neighborhoods where we're continuing to uh select uh somebody that we don't we don't really truly believe in right in regards to like who represents us so i think that's another barrier that we're hoping to to figure out because money talks and if we are able to, to set up um, a, a structure where we can have real sincere economic development go to communities that we know and hold accountability better than allowing for outside foundation, outside um, um, companies to, to, reg, to regulate or have a say so, um, I think we'll be able to have a better, um, a better uh, a way of inclusion into, into the industry.
1: That's a very fair point. <laughs> I swear yeah. it is. That, that goes deep, you know, too, into, you know, the policies, you know, dating back to redlining and all those things that, you know, that were happening back then. It's another, you know, big change in an economy, right? And you talk about a whole, what it brings, but it's the underlying things that are happening that, um, you know, you don't want to see repeated that I can see that you guys, you know, are doing there. It's the purpose of that. Like, to represent the communities that you serve and do business in and have the buy-in like you're saying of, of the local politicians and, and and community groups and leaders so you know I, i've seen you guys pushing that for sure um all right tell so you want to ask one of your questions As a- um yeah let me see let me see what i got i got another good one too i right think
4: <laughs> yeah um so as far as you guys getting your start, and um, especially in Fresno, um, what else kind of pushed you towards wanting to specifically be more in just the cannabis industry? Like, what were you guys doing before that you know that kind of switched you on to want to do this full time, and knowing it was kind of like you guys way into doing something better? Yeah.
2: Um... It's a complex question for us. Um, here in Fresno, you know, we started out like everybody else, underground um, in, in the informal economy um, with a very small select-like group of folks um, who were who our medical customer base. So really, we started out in o seventeen, o eighteen, 018, right, see? Um, and from there, you know, it, it was a matter of we recognize really quickly within ourselves, within our greater community that we're not talking about expertise um, because, you know, Christine mentioned it, right? We are the experts of the industry has been on our backs. Um, we recognize for us, how do we come together as a whole collective um, and, and really capital. So, you know, if we're being humble about it, we started with we're experts our challenge was capital and even further than that, our challenge was how do we align with folks who have our same vision, who are coming from a real space of, of really trying to um, trying to pull our folks out. Um, so that, that's really where we got our start.
1: Yeah.
2: That's dope
1: that's though. What's yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, okay, anybody else wanna respond to that question there?
3: Oh, I
4: think okay. it. <laughs> do, do you um do you guys do a storefront or delivery service or both
3: we have a storefront in Oregon in Portland we used mm-hmm. to have a storefront in Oakland um, and now we just have a delivery service
4: has a delivery service been like pretty good to y'all
3: it has been we were going to relaunch it we had um, we're moving we were moving to a new pl- platform and so we had closed it in November to relaunch on 420 not knowing that we were going to be in a pandemic. <laughs> so We're not going to relaunch it right now because we have to see what's going to happen. I mean, right now we're, I think, sitting pretty because delivery because become very important in pandemic times and we see yeah. a value there. So I'm kind of heartbroken that we're not currently active um, in, in California, but that was, that was a financial decision so that we could start fresh in the new year because we had to connect to the seed to sale and there was metric and there was a bunch of training we had to do and that's the other thing they'll train you to death like if you don't have the certifications you don't have the training they can shut you down so rather than have them shut us down we shut ourselves down so that we could go get the training and get everything um to be correct because you had a certain time frame where you could work in that nobody was connected to seed to sale like it wasn't just us it was nobody in the industry and then towards the end of last year everybody started Connecting, but we had to get training and certified. So we had to get our drivers certified. We had to get ourselves certified. So it's been a it's been a uh, a little bit of an ordeal. And I'm like I said, we had every plan to open on Monday, and that stopped on May, Mar- March seventh when they did the stay in or stay at home place. So we couldn't really do a lot of stuff.
4: That's heartbreaking. It <laughs> That's
1: is. Mm-hmm. I respect process, bill. Definitely yeah. respect it. Um, so the question I had uh, probably back to Christine or whoever. You, you talked about the, um, what was the term again, the debt?
3: Um, it's like called a debt vehicle where they give you, basically it's a loan, but they don't call it a loan. They, they call it a investment, a debt mm-hmm. investment, because then it sounds good to us because a lot of us are not from financial backgrounds. So you hear the term investment, you're like, oh, this person believes in me. It's a debt investment. No, basically what they're doing is you're signing yourself, selling your soul, and you're never going to make any money and they're going to basically wait, the, wait you out until they can Buy you out because a lot of these new licenses you can't buy out. You can't buy the social equity app. Been out for five years, so they'll just nickel and dime you where you're making maybe a hundred thousand dollars a year, and they expect you while they're making the millions, right? And they expect you to be grateful for that. And then in five years they'll they'll buy you out. They'll be like, well, here's how much debt you still owe us because you've been paying us thirteen percent on the original debt, fifteen percent on your gross receipts, eight hundred dollars on every pound. So in order for us to clear your debt. We're gonna do this great thing for you and pay you for your fifty-one percent, all this debt you owe us, mm-hmm. plus maybe a hundred thousand, and you should be grateful because at least you don't owe us millions of bucks.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: Even though mm-hmm. you've been making millions of bucks for the last five years.
1: Exactly. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so. so- that that led me into a question about like tax implication and just yeah you know obviously we think you know people think oh you you get into it and it's just you know hand over fish you're rolling in the dough but really and truly it's it's small margins right because of all of those things that you you talked about the taxes the the taxes (laughs) and the fees and the taxes on the fees right so um how do you how do you maintain that you know in and push through right what are some good tips or what is you know how do you maintain i guess running on those low margins and you know the reality of the business prayer <laughs>
3: <Right>. um,
1: <laughs> outside of debt investments right you know so uh,
3: i think that everybody not just um small companies but even the larger companies um are are on small margins or losing money in the hopes that it becomes federally descheduled. And once it becomes federally descheduled, so prior to legalization, your profit margin, not your markup, but your margin was anywhere between 60 and 80%, which is amazing, right? That's really good. And then once you became legal, they went down to like 6%. And so the reason that everybody's out here spending all this money for 6% is because there is an idea that 6% is because of the two ADE taxes. That the government puts on schedule one drugs which basically means you really can't make any money because you don't get to deduct any of your uh any of your deductions like your rent you're like all mm-hmm. that stuff you don't get to do that so basically yeah. you're paying taxes on is as, as except for the cogs except for your cost of goods you're paying taxes on everything when you shouldn't be doing that so a lot of people including us are just kind of holding out for it to be descheduled federally descheduled, was that the 280E exception doesn't apply to us anymore and then we will see our margins go back up to probably between 40 and 50%. And so that's what everybody's waiting for. That's why you have all of these people with tons of money just buying as much as they can right now and losing hella money in the hopes that that all comes back once it's discheduled. So that's what we're all waiting for, including us, even though we're small. Anybody small to big is waiting for that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Because then, it's a windfall. Yeah. <laughs> then it's a Google. Then yeah, it's yeah. A Amazon. You know what I'm saying? So, it, it's hard. Like it's you're not going to make money in, the, in a, the time. It's you're not you're not going to make hand over fist. Even if you make a lot of money, most of that's going to go to the IRS.
1: Yeah, it's an investment. It's just another. It's like you deciding. You know, you're going to try and ride this Google stock for the year yeah. and see if it's going to work. It's go a go long-term term
3: investment. Too. It's a long-term
1: investment. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not. It's not. Even not
3: a lot of these VCs are like, it's three years, and we want our money out. And I'm like, then keep your money because this is not a three-year play. This is a ten-year play. Yeah. This is a huge play. We have to go through the de- descheduling, then we have to go to mass production, then we have to go to pharmaceutical. Like, there's going to be a whole cycle of this of this cannabis life. So it is important to get in on it now, but it's also to be realistic that you're you're not going to be making a lot of money until that descheduling happens, and then you'll be positioned pretty pretty well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's that's just really the the truth about just being in business. Right. If you're there's there's a lot of success stories, but there's a lot of failures and there's a lot of the in-between. A lot of people that are just riding that margin, knowing that you got to you got to grow gradually and Mm -hmm. see those profits. So, um, you know, there's no there's no overnight get rich, you know, quick scheme in this business or many other businesses. It, It takes time. And understand what you're what you're getting into so um you know that that's that's what I'm hearing right and just even from my own experience you have to be patient and understand the the full like you said it's not a three-year it's a 10-year thing Mm -hmm. but the reward can be there so when you get there right tell me what does that look like right so what is that why did you said earlier seven out of eight um, are still underground. I think one of you guys did G maybe. So how do you get there, right? So what makes me now, because for you as a business, what it sounded like you're you're doing better, but as a customer or, you know, what does that do for me? Why do I turn around and want to go spend more money right, and do those things? And what is TPD going to do, <laughs> you know, to, to bring them in?
3: Well, I think that, um, and I and so and Kade can also speak to that specifically to Fresno. But I think that this is where a community model really works, right? Because um, you have like Khaliva who signed Jay-Z to be a brand ambassador. And that's really great. He's got a huge following and that's awesome. But it doesn't translate to transitioning marketing, market folks that were coming, that have been buying from their same guy for the last 20 years. That doesn't cross that line. So when you're embedded in community, community trusts you. Communities like those people look like me, those people are giving back to my community. I'm gonna go spend my money at that dispensary. And that's part of what Society and Gay Day have been working on for Fresno that we will have our own community fund where 10% of the net profits of the dispensary in Fresno will go to a Fresno specific fund that can be used for rapid response funds, can be used for grants, small grants for entrepreneurs that just need a, they don't have. An idea that's going to make so much money that they're an Amazon, but they have one that will create jobs for 10 people in their community. And then you have also the option to actually invest in somebody who has a big idea because the truth of the matter is, is that in the United States, only about two to 4% of the people that get VC funding or any kind of capital that's an actual investment and not a debt vehicle are black and brown people four percent across the entirety of the united states so we have to create our own funds so that we can invest in ourselves so i mean it by by being able the the big goal is by being able to take that ten percent of your net profit and recycle it into community and be like okay you have a big idea we think this we haven't seen this we've been in the cannabis industry for a while we think this is a good idea we're gonna invest in you with this fund and then help you because we are dispensary we are knowledgeable in the space to be successful and then hopefully you become wildly successful and we cash out and that money goes back into the fund to be used again for the next person and i think that that's why tpd has the potential to be so powerful Mm -hmm. because we're not just thinking about the money that co-founders are going to get or money that investors are going to get But really thinking about the money that we get to reinvest into the community, which by the by are the people going into your dispensary, making sure you have millions (laughs) like those are the people that surround your dispensary or your manufacturer buy your products that actually give you the money. So why wouldn't you be giving back to them? And I think that's the difference with TPD and why we have an edge, because we understand that the community is what makes the money. So we should give some of that back into that community.
2: Definitely. All right. All right. No, so no, yeah. go ahead, G. No, I told you. I would just add, add that, you know, early on with Fresno, what we recognize is for us it wasn't about like I, I said this a little while ago, but it was it, it's not about trying to recreate this wheel to match this larger process with the cannabis industry is going through which which doesn't represent us in any kind of way up and down outside of locking us up right it was we have trust in our people and we know what the numbers tell us and christine and see check me on this the informal market is a billion dollar industry and in california alone i believe what are we at like four billion christine um which if we're just talking money and economics there's no realistic way for the for, for example, Fresno to to curtail the, the informal market, the black market the way they'd like to without like trying to create a pathway for us in. And early on, C&I recognize that just with the circle that we have um, in saying that, you listen, like we get the market, we understand it, right? And, and we know that there's tons of budding businesses around it that, that's easy to flip and replicate. Um, And for us, that's this idea of true sustainability, right? Christine talked about this too. What would $5,000 do as a grant for somebody who's on the corner hustling who can make 10, 20, 30 and flip it easy, right? So, um, you know, we're embedded in that way. And and for us, that's true sustainability um, and and this idea of a long game as well. Okay.
0: Well, so I wanted to add um, that Beyond that, the most important thing is our, is, our, is our mental health. And so, with that understanding, is that we move in a, in a, in a very unique way where we're also um, catering to, to, to where our community is at, regardless of um, if you're going to give somebody, right, let's say somebody from the block 5Gs to make you start their business, that's not going to be mm-hmm. enough. We know that we need uh, a mindfulness, mental health. Motherfuckers have generational trauma, you know what I mean? We're hurting out here for real. So it, it needs to come with, with, with a whole holistic approach. And what I mean by that is our community cannot be relying or continue to have this approach of a service-minded approach. We need advocacy, we need policy, we need to be engaged. So we, we have a, a understanding that nobody's gonna give more to their community when they know their motherfucking ass is at stake. So if you want to get some of this money from this, from this cannabis, then you have to prove how you're going to contribute back to your community. Who are you going to bring up from the hood? And nobody's going to be able to tell us better than that than people from the neighborhood. And I ain't talking about the, 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 um, the clergy or the ones that work in the nonprofits. Like, y'all cool, but stay in y'all place. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the ones that's out there, the shooters in the corner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like my little homie right now. Okay, real facts. Uh, today, I wasn't able to talk to, talk to none of those techs. Because we're trying to figure out so there's no retaliation. Cause our little homie just got killed on Saturday. Um, Takori Officer, twenty-year-old City College student. Yeah, I mean real shit. This is why the people dispensing. We do what the fuck we do because we know that we are continuing to see and witness and keep mourning and crying and all this shit. And nothing changes except for a mourning, a prayer, and everything back. And the economic um means to get us going, to get us right, to stop the and all this stuff. To a fucking few, and they're not even living in the neighborhood. Right, we got pastors out here that that, that live in fucking Clovers the, in the other town. They're out here preaching on, 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 in the hood, man. Get out of here with that. So, what I'm saying is, and I apologize for going off a rent but 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 it's real out here.
4: It's, it's that real what about. We,
0: we we have we have a a, a a strong conviction and a strong passion to not make the mistakes of the past. There's a lot of beautiful lessons that should have been learned. That we need to bring back from um, uh, Black Wall Street. There's a lot of lessons that I think we need to go back to and figure out ourselves how we were building with the Native American, Indigenous peoples out here, right? We need to go back to wars that we have won in the past. You know what I mean? Um, but that's a whole nother subject. But I just mm-hmm. feel like we 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 bring that light, we bring that fire from from a place of experience, but more importantly, from an, from from a from an immigrant perspective that 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 knows our roots and knows the game enough to to know what's up
5: you know what i really want to stick to that um so what are some tips that you have for upcoming people of color in this industry
0: hold people accountable that's what i would say hold people accountable the city council member right the the ones who are making the decisions on who is going to be licensing how the equity works all these um for example, nonprofits that, that deal with uh, philanthropy that are the foundation loans, right? Mm. Like, I don't know about the in San Diego, but over here they have an Economic Opportunity Commission. And within that, there's for those small entrepreneurs that want to get this money, we need to start approaching them. Mm. But in order for us to start there, we have to have a foundation of communication and accountability. And in order to have that, we need to make sure that the clergy, that, that, that these um, stakeholders, these leaders, supposedly are on the same page Right, with community in addressing right, or and better defining equity, and so I can speak on behalf of Fresno, but I think everybody else needs to. But I just think that we just have to fight, mm. and we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and and, and putting ourselves out there. We mm. just that's just we just we just gotta do that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big mission overall. And, he, and like once again, well I, all entrepreneurs? I was just on the phone with somebody earlier, and I was like, you gotta get out there. Like you gotta. And that's a part of it, being, you know, comfortable being uncomfortable. That's a lot of it, second guessing and not really being sure. But I think in anybody's experience, it's like, just do it. Just get out there, right? Like, just go for it and keep going. So um, so how, how can people, um, I got asked a few times, how can people be involved? I know, Christine, we talked to before about um, investments and opportunities um, so in terms of financially and even non-financially, you know, non-fiscally, so how can folks get involved?
3: Well, I think, um, are you talking about like just the general cannabis industry?
1: No, with, with you, guys. Oh, no, <laughs> okay. you guys, you guys, you guys. <laughs> yes,
3: sorry. They can always send an email um, to schedule appointments with any of us to talk to, uh, to talk more in depth about the people's dispensary and what our mission is um, and what kind of fundraising we're doing. We're currently in a fundraise for Fresno. Um, they've already raised quite a bit of capital getting ready for hopefully their application for the dispensary license for Fresno. Um, we can also talk to you about other raises that are happening in different cities. We just put in two applications for dispensaries in Chicago. Um, so the way to get a hold of us is you to write to hello, H-E-L-L-O, at mytpd. That's M-Y, Mary, yellow, tpd, tompeterdavid.com. Um, And then we'll schedule the, uh, my assistant will put in and figure out which person you need to talk to. And then you can have a more in-depth conversation, not only about the investment part of it, but one of the things that we really look for in our investors is that their values aligned with what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. We've had quite a bit of investors that can see the money and we are are the demographic that has access to the social equity licenses right now, Mm -hmm. but they're not values aligned. And that's important to be like, yeah, we really are going to give 10% of our receipts away. Yeah, we really are going to invest it back into community. So you have to be, we have to be careful, you know, any, and that's not just for us. That's any company that's taking investment that you have values aligned investors. Maybe your values aligned is that you're a shark and you want to take everybody's money. I mean, that might be your, your thing. So you need to find values aligned partners. So we really do screen for that to make sure that people understand that our mission is much bigger than just taking money out. We don't want to be an extractive company. We want to be an integrative company into the communities where we sit.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, range. What about it? Like when people, what's a range that we talk about? You guys are. So the lowest training?
3: that you can invest is a thousand dollars. That's okay. the lowest investment. The highest investment, if you're a non-accredited investor is 50,000. Okay. So we've raised probably close to about a million dollars, not with Fresno, but with Oakland and San Francisco and California and Chicago and, and and LA Fresno just started their raise and each of those cities have raised for their own dispensaries and then eventually we will have to go get a larger amount of investment capital when we're ready to start building stuff <laughs> or building stuff out but we don't see a need to get that yet we're building a brand we're building assets so that we don't have to take a payday loan
5: mm-hmm.
1: Dang, here you <laughs> there you go there you go yeah, and I'll just, I'll just second that because I've spoken to you and I appreciate that and you taking the time and to to speak to me and, and all you guys the team setting that up and and it's real right I'll say that these folks are are very real and passionate about what they're doing here and it's an opportunity obviously they they know what they're speaking about from from different angles and it's a, it's a great team and you know it's a great opportunity to get a part of something that's you know, you know, bigger than you. Right. And it's not taken away from being a great product and, and doing those things. So I just want to give you guys a shout out and, and just second that that it, it, it's a good investment. And, you know, it takes time with anything. Nothing happens overnight. Um, you know, when you when you put your money out there, even in the market, it could go either way. But
3: um, yeah, we see that now, don't we?
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. And I would even say that with what's going on now, I think it's even a, a better time for us to look at our communities and see and know, know that you guys are all working individuals like us. Right. You guys we're all being affected by this. Um, so at the end of the day, like I don't get political or anything like that. But when you see what's happening, would you want to take your, you know, your money and your investment to put it back into the community from the people, your neighbors? Right. Or back up to the latter right and of course these big companies are employing people and things like that but there are also big companies that are supported in the cannabis by other bigger companies right so and I think you per- look
3: at what's happening like who are your essential workers not the billionaires not the hedge fund managers not the Amazons of the world the essential workers are the people and mm-hmm. so you know the thing around cannabis is is that the airlines have laid tons of people off the hotels tons of people off restaurants both big and small going under as we speak. You know what's still working is the cannabis companies. They're still, they're essential, right? And even so, these larger companies like the Acreages, Auroras, and Canopies of the World, they are laying off their workers. They are shutting down their dispensaries. They're they're losing tons of money. But guess who's not losing tons of money? Small operators like us (laughs) who don't have that huge corporate bloat at the top don't are not in tons of debt because we were trying to buy everything so fast so we could be the biggest ones the only ones. We're so operational we have laid nobody off. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so this is always the case, and it's not just with cannabis. Small businesses run this world. Mm-hmm. Large corporations pretend like it's them, but they're supported by f- folks like us, and we have to understand the value in that—that that our dollar our $1 our $10 really means something
0: mm-hmm. um,
3: and not just be like, well, I'm just going to buy it here. Cause like it doesn't really matter. They make millions. They make millions because we spend millions, mm-hmm. even if we don't have millions, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that's how we should think coming out of this pandemic. We should really see us communities of color, communities of veterans, communities of disabled people, communities of formerly incarcerated people, that we are the ones that are actually running the company without any of the benefit of having the ability to make the decisions. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Okay. Okay. And and I throw in there too,
2: Christine, (laughs) also with that, with the ability not to have ownership, which really is like the beauty of our process. You know what I mean? Um, We're not tying folks into these payday loans um, for this ugly lifetime. It's, Genuine true ownership from the bottom all the way to the top right Christine talked about this integrated process, but ownership is is huge and key for us. Okay, okay. I'm
1: gonna go to a couple of Facebook questions I had earlier. Um, so I will pull one here my my cousin Keisha she was a really good one. <laughs> um, she said what new measures will be taken when receiving crops from authorized gro- growers. That's it's not co- contaminated, and she said, "Will you still be accepting outdoor crops during this pandemic, or only indoor
3: crops?" Yeah. We'll be accepting both indoor and outdoor, but they have to go through rigorous testing, and so the t- we don't even get to it doesn't even get to the store until it goes through the labs, and then once it goes to the labs, they have to verify like the ver- verify that there it's not there's no contaminations beyond the the COVID coronavirus. coronavirus. Um, mm-hmm. We don't expect that there will be, we're currently buying both indoor and outdoor flower for our Oregon store um, and have had no concerns about that just because we know that the testing in Oregon is pretty strict. Hmm. So we can do that. But there definitely are different things that we're doing inside the store to make sure that we don't, like in Oregon, so in California, back in the old days, you could smell out of the jar and then pick the buds you wanted. And then with 64, they stopped that. Every thing had to be prepackaged. but in Oregon, they still allowed for that. So mm-hmm. the second that we got was probably end of February when we started to really get this ramped up. We stopped that too. We said, no, we prepackage everything. You don't get to smell it. You don't. Because you imagine the contamination that would be, right? Oh, and yeah. so we have done a lot of stuff. That would be unprecedented in our, in our stores. Like, we no longer allow people to congregate in the store. We have a huge foyer where probably 50 people could stand close together. And now we only allow six people in, and there's a spot where you stand to make sure you're six feet apart. If, you, yep. if, it, if you're filled, you have to wait outside, and then we have spots six feet apart. So, yep. you know, this, this whole thing with COVID has changed the world. Um, but definitely changed our businesses, but I don't have a fear around outdoor grows.
1: Okay, okay. Um, let's see, here's another one. Any other one, Everybody else wanna to add to that? I got, a,
4: I got a question real quick. Um, okay. So what, what is that process like, um, going from growing your own strand to getting it tested and bringing it to market? Like how how tough is that process for growers? It's
3: not tough, it's just expensive. Mm. The testing is expensive. Um, but what you would do if you're a grower, Um, You would actually, I would, I would suggest maybe partnering with a distributor, Mm -hmm. um, which I think most people have to do at this point, because the the distributor has to do the testing, not you. So they have to pay for it. Um, So if you have a distributor, then it shouldn't be that hard, but you will take a bit of a haircut on the actual product because they're going to charge you some of it to do the testing. They won't charge the whole testing, but some of it. So, but it's worth it because it's then certified and safe. And then they package it there in the plant. Like in their oh. distribution center, they package it for you. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's good, you know. Expensive, takes us to, yeah, it yeah, makes sense.
5: All right, Jay, you got
1: something?
5: Yeah, I had a quick question on which, with restrictions on marketing in the cannabis industry, what creative things have you guys done? Or have you found ways around the regulations?
3: Hmm. (laughs) this is such a pain (laughs) this is such a a heartburn because you know I've had other companies and it's been so easy to just get my social media and buy the Facebook ads and do all that and cannabis is just a nightmare Hmm. you can do some SEO stuff on your website but pretty much you can't I can't buy a single ad on Instagram or Facebook they will deny me every single time Um, and yeah they will In Oregon, if you post like a sale, like if I wanted to post 420 sales, um, they'll take down the Instagram and you just lose all your followers. We've been taken down three times. Sometimes it's just petty, like somebody's reported us. Sometimes it's because we did something wrong that we didn't know was wrong. So it's, we really haven't gotten around it. It's really old school still, like old school, like sign up for our newsletter, you know, (laughs) or, you know. Sign up for our text messaging. Like it's so old school. It just drives me crazy because I'm a tech person and you know, I want to look at my insights and it, and we, it just, it's terrible. I, I think it's really, really bad unless you're a big company and you can afford to like, I don't know, pay for a Super Bowl ad. Mm. That's different, mm. but traditional wow. marketing that would make it easier for small entrepreneurs to get the, their brands out is just a nightmare. And we still fight with it every day. Like even today, we had to redo all of these ads because the new graphic designer for the company didn't know that they couldn't put 15% off or 30% Mm. off. Mm. And who doesn't want to say 30% off of vapes? You want people to know that you're doing 30% (laughs) off vapes for 2020, you know,
4: it's just
3: annoying. So we had to be like big sale, go to our website. But you know, you lose so much in that conversion.
4: Mm. Yeah. Do you guys do billboards or is that a thing? Um,
3: we don't do billboards cause they're so expensive and we're a small company. So like we really like if you're a small company I'm sure you guys know, cause y'all have had companies or worked for small companies or it's guerrilla marketing for us. Like that's how we do it. Like it's really that whole kind of on the ground grassroots, handing out flyers, doing Instagrams, doing lives, all that other stuff. So like print ads, newspaper ads even are ridiculous because they charge cannabis companies so much. And if you're a small company, you don't want to waste your money. Mm -hmm. on an ad that maybe somebody who's interested in cannabis will read you want to spend that money to make sure you have the best bud in your store
1: Mm -hmm. because people are
3: going to come to you word of mouth
1: yeah prices all that good stuff all (laughs) right i think we'll we'll probably we're we're about an hour in i think we'll do about maybe two maybe three more questions and, and we'll wrap it up so um jay do you have one before i ask another one or
5: Got another good Yeah, one. um, yeah, I had, a, I had one earlier. We was kind of talking along the lines. How do you guys feel about the banks? When are they gonna start accepting <laughs> payments through the banks?
0: So maybe Christine can talk a little bit more. But I know that it passed Congress, the Safe Bank, the Safe Bank Act. Mm-hmm. But right now it's on the Senate, and with everything going on, but I'm pretty sure Trump ain't stupid. He no <laughs> populace, so he gonna be like. I'm going I'm to drop a little gem on y'all y'all you know I mean? I'm going to drop mm-hmm. legalized weed, and everybody going to be like, yo, Trump. You know I mean? So and if it's a Democrat, you know, Bernie already has this big movement. Um, mm-hmm. Other people have come out um, that were doing the, the campaign that they were for legalizing marijuana. So the conversation is there. I think the support is there, obviously. It's just a matter of how they're going to approach the mm-hmm. legalization. Are they mm-hmm. going to do the same approach as prohibition? And how the banks are going to react but um i think christine you can add a little bit more than, than i can because you. Be
3: but i wanted to remember i feel like you went to dc last year with ncia to lobby for the safe banking act Yeah,
0: exactly yeah, we that's,
3: did. you went to that that's right yeah, i mean job. i agree with sasad i think that <laughs> i think it's ridiculous that we don't have access to banking like that's dumb you yeah. said we're an essential you're we're essential uh, we're essential business in california without any of the essential needs Like how ridiculous is that I have to take cash and COVID lives on paper. (laughs) Like that's dumb. And like, I can't do a credit card. Mm -hmm. I can't even do one of the ones that you've, you know, flash where there's even no contact because Mm -hmm. we don't have safe banking. We don't have the access to banking. So I agree with Sasad. I think that, that we have, a unique moment in time. Again, not to say the pandemic is a good thing, but the pandemic has definitely accelerated a lot of the issues that we see, like, I don't know, universal healthcare, you know, like before people were like, that's so stupid. And now we're like, really, is it, is it stupid? It's the same with cannabis, right? It's like, it's like, oh, we can't, we have to take cash still. You want us to come to your bank with like pounds of cash with us? that may or may not be infected are you going to wash it all in the washer machine like it's ridiculous (laughs) so it's so arcane so i i hope that that's something that we see get pushed through this year
1: yeah okay good tell you you got one more and then i'll I'll wrap it up
4: one more um event licensing like how do you how do you put together cannabis events that don't really get you shut down like what's the proper way of doing that
3: there's actually cannabis licenses that you can get
1: specifically
4: you, for the their
3: cannabis event licenses. I think they're like maybe five or $10,000 to get one. For, and you have to get it from the city where you're planning to have the events, but there's also another workaround. If you have a delivery service, so if you have a delivery service, then you can create an event and have the cannabis delivered to the event. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's how some of those big places in cow palace and Emerald cup get around um, doing that because you can oh, deliver yes. so you can deliver. And then, It's kind of like, do you remember the old like club days and like you would go to a place and they didn't have a liquor license, so they would like sell you some tickets Mm -hmm. and you'd buy the tickets, which was not the alcohol, but then you would present the tickets to get the alcohol. It's kind of the same thing in some jurisdictions, but in other jurisdictions, if you have an event license, you can actually sell cannabis on site at your event. That's how they did it for one of the outside lands in San Francisco was the first to sell cannabis on during that outside lands event. And that's because they had a cannabis event permit.
4: Yeah, I don't think. Okay, that's good. I appreciate that. Needed
1: mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that was good. Where you, where you grew up talking about tickets in the, in the club, huh, Christine? <laughs> <laughs> where is you? That was going on in Fresno. <laughs> I knew Fresno was crazy, but dang. <laughs> no.
3: No, I did that in Oakland. When I first got to Oakland, I, I was an event producer. So I used to produce a lot of events in Oakland. And so we there was this one ballroom that we used quite a bit, but they didn't have a liquor license. And sometimes you couldn't get the catering license in time. So mm. the way you worked around that was by selling the tickets. And then the tickets were exchanged for alcohol, but it wasn't a, an exchange of cash. I've been around.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, look, I can tell, you know, not in a bad way either, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like a <laughs> I mean, the, the closest thing I got to it is look, I went to a strip club in Atlanta one time and it was bring your own, you know, bottles, right? That's, yep. That's
3: why sick I left Atlanta.
1: <laughs> that was sick. Anywho, well, yeah, I wanted to laugh. Yeah, I wanted to end off with some, some fun, some laughter. You know, it's been a good talk. Um, so, what are you guys' favorite products and strains? Like, you know, or, or what and, and or what's coming out that you're really excited about that people may or may not know about? So two part question, you know, just personally, what what are you liking right now? Whether it's a CBD or a a strand, you know, and and what's coming out that you guys know that just a common, you know, person would notice, you know, around the corner. It doesn't even have to be like a product, just in the cannabis world that you guys have heard, maybe, just give you some options.
3: Well, I know that um, Nico Marley, uh, grandson of Bob Marley, is coming out with a new CBD line in the next couple of weeks called Lion X. Um, And I'm really looking forward to that uh, CBD brand. I take a lot of CBD. I have lupus. So I actually use cannabis for medical purposes, but CBD and THC. And so I'm always interested... when folks are coming out with new CBD lines, I try them all to see. I mean, I have my own favorites, but I've gotten some new favorites and his is hemp derived. So it'll be able to be shipped across state lines and all over the place. And because he was a former athlete, um, former athletes are really starting to get into the CBD side because it is holistically healthier than having steroid shots and opioids as the way that you go. So I'm looking forward to his line actually. Okay.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm co-signing Christine in the sense that I'm excited to see where CBD goes. Um, CBD. a huge market, obviously. Um, and you know, not everybody is into the medical right piece, but CBD's is across the board. So I'm excited for that. I'm actually excited to see where like the tech end of cannabis goes as well. Um, I think that's going to be a huge market, you know what I mean? And I, Think it already is, so I'm excited for that. In terms of cannabis, I'm just a classic dude, so I-, I like my OG, um, California straight up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go,
0: yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm so uh,
2: I'm,
0: I'm, I just, I, I, I've been seeing out here Fresno cookies, man. This guy burning out here is just everywhere, bruh. Cookies, oh, Yeah, burner. Out here. I don't know how it is out there where y'all at, but I hear Fresno cookies is like. <laughs> The weed of choice. Uh, me, I, I'm from New York. You know, I like that purple haze. I you know, like yeah.
1: drones. That's that's <laughs> how I'm.
0: <laughs> nice, okay,
1: nice. That's my. That's that's always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good to know. Good to know. Um, and the technology. I'm thinking, like, so you said we're gonna have like drones dropping off packages soon, or what? I mean, is that is that coming around the corner? I mean,
3: we're doing six feet social distance. I don't see. I, I can see why that would not be in the next wave.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never because know.
3: You know,
2: I'm in, you know I'm the real. I
3: think that's. Go ahead.
2: What'd you say, G? Nah, I just think it's the beauty of our industry. There's so much creativity and outside the box thinking, that it's literally sky's the limit at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. What about um, you
3: guys, though? Like, what are your favorite products?
1: Man, you know, I'm trying to get a job right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what y'all are talking about.
3: <laughs> you about no. that cannabis life. I see. Yeah, I don't you. know what
1: you're talking about, ma'am. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> got him. I mean, I've I've known, I've heard of, uh, you know, the the, the sativas. Um, I'm more, i have been more of on the sativa side. Um, you know, I think oh, the green crack. I think that's a sativa. That one. That great. is. It's a really good sativa. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one's been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I like the CBDs are cool. Um, you know, i bought like some creams. You know, from like my knees, and you know, I have played a lot of sports in my life, so putting them on my joints now, like you said, instead of the steroids, you're perfectly right. Like athletes and things like that, and former athletes are are going more toward the CBD and, and THC side to. To heal and recover um, the holistic way. So I'm, you know, put myself in that category. Right, what about you, Jay? We'll go to Tay last, you know, because Tay. <laughs> Tay
5: <like>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah CBD, CBD is nice. It makes me feel good. It makes me sleep better at night for sure. Um, and then I've heard of, uh, I think it's called like Good Times. It's a hybrid or Good Flower or something like that. Man, oof. that's all I can say with that one. And, um, <laughs> And then I like uh, what is it called, Doctor Oz? You yeah. Talk about the cookies, right? Yeah, yeah. I like those cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those cookies are good. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. What about you? What about you,
4: Tay? Well, I used to, I used to be heavily into indica, man. I just like my chill vibe. But um, I've moved on to just strictly CBD, CBD and papers. I just want my cool health experience. I just like to, you know. Just relax a little bit, so that's all I like to keep my head space wherever it's set. But, um, as far as like my body, I like to calm it down, so stay away from sativa only to feel good.
3: Yeah, but CBD really is good for that body high. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it,
4: I love it. Excellent.
1: Good. I might okay. have a place my recommendations. Good, yeah, some great recommendations. So, um, you know, once again, if if um, how can people find you? I know you mentioned the email earlier um if we we we'll probably get this and chop it up and do some video editing so um social media handles or anything like that what's yeah. the best folks here? my
3: tpd is pretty much everything so if you put in mytpd.fre you'll go to the fresno instagram mytpd national is a national so mytpd is pretty much and you can go to mytpd.com and find all of our social media handles social media handles there as well so you can follow us and do all that good stuff and on facebook we're the people's dispensary there
1: you go TPD, the People's Dispensary. It's all in the name. It's, it's there. Um, and, and us as, as usual. Um, you can f- find us on the Nesby Entrepreneurship SIG page on Facebook, uh, Entrepreneurship on Instagram and, t- and Twitter, right, Jay? They're both Twitter and we're also on LinkedIn as well. Um, once again, just trying to give you know everyone a different perspective, open up to new industries, new opportunities. Um, so if you're an engineer, if you're a NSBE member and you know, you're interested in the business, hopefully this helped all you guys and hopefully you guys can connect with this team and support, you know, my TPD, not even in California. Right. Cause I think somebody was asking about California.
3: We and, are or, in California. We and, have a dispensary delivery.
1: Yeah. And in Illinois, I'm sorry. Somebody was no. just asking me about Chicago.
3: Yeah. So. We just applied for two licenses in January.
1: Perfect, perfect. So I'm gonna I'm tell that individual like, hey, listen to the video, watch it and follow up and you can be because I want to say they were looking at investing or trying to do some business out there. So obviously, you guys all know something. <laughs> you guys are on, on on this, you know, next level over there. So, um, you know, thank you guys, everybody, Cesar, G, Christine, everybody, you know, for taking the time. Stay healthy. I love the room back there, Christine. By the way, that's for real, boss
2: room right there. You got, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got the room. The real
3: minute boys. that we realized that we had to stay at home, order, I'm like, I better have a dope background for my zoom meetings because yeah. today y'all are my 11th zoom meeting today oh, wow. so
1: yeah.
3: i have to have yes. that set up
1: you, you win the zoom room uh <laughs> you know prize I, I, right there tell you second <laughs> that should be like a thing that should happen who wins zoom room right who has the background <laughs> per per business call
2: yo i tried to get my star Zoom themed out zoom room
1: i see i so see you need to laugh about it i ain't <laughs> I'm trying to be somewhere tropical, man. <laughs> I'm using in like Cancun or, you know, I was in Puerto Vallarta this time last year, so I'm trying to be, you know, in the sun somewhere. So. Well,
0: Yo, man, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity, brothers, man. Thank y'all for for, um, for just allowing us to, to speak our, our, our truth and, and to be in a space with y'all and, and really share um, knowledge. And, and hopefully, if people really are, are um, questioning about the industry. Uh, me and Gade were very open, so Facebook, whatever, um, hit me on Messenger, uh, and then we'll connect and we'll continue to build and figure out. Uh, yo, peace out key to my man out there in Chicago, uh, brother Charles, mm. salute. I'm, I'm gonna hit you up after this, family.
1: <laughs> all right, man, and sorry to hear about your loss over there too, man, and hopefully you guys are, are safe and all that, prayers up to everybody out there nowadays and, and hope everyone stays safe and, and healthy and and social distance and, and all that so we can get back to normal. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. We got a virtual First Tuesday coming up again, March 5th, you're right, Jaden? Yep. We're gonna Single do that. So
5: may 5th. <laughs>
1: you guys are invited to check that out. We'll make Thank sure you, you guys are included if you guys wanna join. I'm sure people may have some follow-up questions that hopefully listen to this. So um, I wanna open it up to one of you guys from the TPD team to join our, our virtual First Tuesday which is um, basically a big networking entrepreneurship mixer um, that, that Nesby hosts. So you got engineers and entrepreneurs coming together and, you know, talking and finding out more about their businesses. So
3: it's my last
1: shameless plug. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See y'all later. Y'all have a good rest of your evening. Bye. All right. See you later.